You're checking out the Nifty Q Show. All right, good morning, good evening, good night. Welcome into the Nifty Q Show. I'm interviewing founders, leaders, and awesome builders in the NFT industry. Today, I'm sitting with Gabe and Jason from BitLectro Labs to discuss the ongoing NFT LA event, tips on spotting the best communities in the space, hosting IRL versus Metaverse events, their upcoming VX release, and much more. Gabe and Jason, my friends, how are you doing today? Thanks for taking a break. Thank you. Uh, thank you for having us. We're great, man. In, in sunny LA, it was raining here on Monday, but it's beautiful today. Yeah, we, we got some we got some viewers in the house too uh, who would love to see the merch that you guys are picking up at NFT LA, man. You were showing me pre-episode. There's too much. I pack, I'm wearing, okay, we'll start low. Um, we're wearing the dippies, we're wearing the dippies tea to start from yesterday's event, yeah. which was dope. I got this guy. It's got MetaMask uh, Fox on it, which is great. NFT LA. So that's from Consensus, yeah. right? So that's from, because they were part of our event last night, which is fun. Do you and have then, a pizza t-shirt here? I don't have one It's in here. my car. And it's then um, okay. this is the new, like the Subdux Megavolt one. So you got the front and then the back, it's like a collab with six or eight other projects. So this one was, this was expensive, which I'm, I'll just close an eye. I just won't look at the bank statement. Exactly. It's fine. It's exactly. fine. You know, we have, we have some great NFT LA pizza party shirts from last night's party. It, it literally just says NFT LA and it has a slice of pizza. Those are dope. But they're, I left them in my car this morning. I just got random stickers, guys. Okay. Shout out to Strawberry. Shout out to this random ape that gave my wife this sticker, apparently. Uh, hash how are your significant others holding up uh, as we like continue? You're on day three of five, you told me. I don't know where Jason's significant other so, is. I haven't seen her. Mariel's still sleeping. It's so funny. She like When she met Gabe last night, it was the first time they've ever met in person. Mariel comes up to me afterwards. She goes, Gabe, Gabe gave me a hug. And she goes, I'm sorry I take so much of Jason's time. And she's like, it's okay. It's okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. And I think that's so good. She's good. She's she's a she's a trooper. She's exhausted. Yesterday was a was a lot of events, including our own. And then um, I think your significant other is is probably feeling the same. She's in the other room. Yeah, yeah she's good. Um, yeah, she was. I got to the party late because my flight was delayed. So she helped set up the event yeah. last night, which was, which was crucial. Very, very cool. Yeah. Very, very cool. So uh, a lot of people at home, all the listeners at home are kind of feeling the FOMO right now. I met Gabe and Jason in NFT NYC and those like IRL meetings of people who you've just connected with via like, you know, discord or something like that. Those are like some of the best hugs I've ever had in my freaking life. Uh, but I do, I, I, I'm going to, you know, steer the conversation into events. You guys do a wonderful job hosting both IRL. You guys host metaverse events. You host spaces events. We're going to talk a lot about that. You guys are building a lot with dream loops. So we're going to have uh, that discussion as well. But before we get there, just intro yourselves for people who might not know who BitLectro Labs is. If you don't know Gabe and Jason, you, they're awesome people. What they're building is amazing. But let's get the uh, let's get the self-introduction here. So I'm Gabe, uh, BitLectro Labs uh, co-founder. Uh, Electro Labs does a ton of things. We've been around in the space for what seems like ages, even though technically it's only been a year. But uh, launched two collections, Dream Loops and Dreamers, both audio-visual focused. Um, they are audio slash, um, well, one's a PFP collection with music. The other is sort of a random scenes collection with music. We released an album for that first one. And then next week, we're launching a VX collection that is a 3D version of our uh, 2D profile pic collection. I think we're the first to produce a full 
at scale one-to-one recreation in voxelized format of the PFP. So I know, and I know the sandbox is going to do a lot of that for other teams, but we produced ours in-house, so that's dropping on April 9th. Yeah. And this is Jason. And I'm Jason, yeah. My name is Jason Berners. I, uh, I run Head of Outreach here at the Electro Labs. Basically, I set up conversations like the one we're having right now. I worked with, with Tigbo to, to make today's conversation happen with you today, Q, which we really appreciate. And then, yeah, my job is basically just to, to be the connector of all things creative. So meeting lots of people, you know, setting up spaces, interviews, collabs, everything like that. I'm your guy for that. So. Yeah, n- no magic tricks today, but Jason is also a really good uh, magician there, and I've seen it in person. Uh, so definitely, I want to give my uh, word here. But Gabe, I had you on uh, on my other podcast before it was rebranded from to the Nifty Q Show. Uh, so we talked a little bit about your background. But if you could give like a lightning uh, answer here, both of you, to how you kind of found yourself in the NFT space and maybe the crypto space in general. Yeah, um, I came to crypto in 2013. I was reading articles on Wired Magazine about the darknet and uh, thought, like, what, what's the payment method here? I saw Bitcoin, bought my first Bitcoin uh, via money transfer to a weird, sketchy exchange at the time. It was called Camp, Camp BX, I think it was the exchange. Anyway, fast forward three years, 2016, launched my first crypto company during an early ICO. And this was like predating the ICO craze, right, of 2017, 2018. Uh, raised some money there, built some cool apps. We were doing um, payment processing for the cannabis industry. And that, in fact, that company still exists and is, uh, is servicing an RFP in Nevada for, for cannabis payment processing, which is interesting. And then through that, you know, we uh, actually left that company early 2020, right before the pandemic hit. Fast forward a year, and like Jason actually brings NFTs back to my awareness. Um, he calls me one day and says, I have a crypto punk. Show me how to sell this. I said, what's a crypto punk? He says, he says, it's an NFT. I said, oh, like crypto kitties that clogged the Ethereum network back in 2018. And I was like, so that anyway, Jason can take over from there. But that was, yeah. that was my reintroduction to NFTs. And then we started building stuff a few months later. But yeah. Jason, you had a crypto punk? I had a crypto punk that I paid $26 for back in the day. So, oh. OG crypto it, it, it's um it was a journey I, I got into crypto back similar story where it was like the dark web and things like that I was in middle school I wasn't a good kid necessarily and had like a tour browser so I, I started learning what it was didn't purchase any but learning and then um through just conversations with friends and things like that and being on tour as a magician in hotels and things like that they were always in weird cities I'd be bored at night so I started learning like how can I spend $50 worth of Ethereum, like what can I do with it? So I ended up buying like, yeah, a lot of crypto kitties, a lot of creeps and weirdos. I bought the punk. I remember I bought one crypto punk and I thought that $28 was a lot of money for it at the time. So I only bought one, you know what I mean? And, um, you know, I wish I bought them all at that time. You're right. Yeah. But uh, it's a fun journey. So yeah, when I called Gabe about that, I was like, you know, hadn't been working for, for really a year and a bit because of COVID and, and there were no shows happening. And you know, $15,000 or whatever it was, was, uh, was a lot of money at the time. And it, and it was, it paid off my car. It was rent for a year or whatever. And, um, and that kind of is what the, what birthed the ideas and the conversations of, of why we're here today. Right. Yeah, exactly. Can we, can we get into the uh, little piece that you maybe buried there? You were a traveling magician. I've been traveling as a magician for years. Right. So I've been doing magic since I was a little boy, right. I was like seven years old. So three weeks ago. And with that, it's just been, 
years of like traveling. I was competing as a magician through my teens. I got third in the in the world championships. I'm like a, a national champion, essentially close up magic. So with that, I would tour and you would just be like in weird hotels in cold cities through the winter and um and had to have some other hobbies and that's where where this kind of came in that's awesome man all right i appreciate that background for both of you i want to jump back in real quick to the event conversation specifically nftla i know gabe you were talking about this because the event in vegas didn't get hosted uh by nft land that this was like the first maybe event ever for nfts on the west coast i don't know if that's actually true don't quote me on it but uh how is the event going so far and what's what's great about it First big meetup, I'd say, right? Like, I, we know a lot of people that do local West Coast stuff. I mean, there's even, like, an NFT Vegas group. Shout out to them. Um, but this is the first big NFT West Coast conference, if I'm not mistaken, since, like, the boom in 2021. Uh, it's good so far. I, I kind of just got here yesterday, but Jason's been picking it up. But everywhere we go, like, go to a restaurant down the street, hotel lobby, it's just, I just hear NFT chatter everywhere. So Buzz, it feels, buzzwords it feels, everywhere. It feels a lot like NFT NYC, where... Um, it was just filled with NFT people. Um, it's, so it's been good and a, uh, different vibe, right? I feel like West coast conferences have a very different sort of feel to them than, than East coast ones. Um, not that there's any preference. It's just, it's, it's Cali vibes versus, <laughs> versus New York vibes, I suppose. But, uh, yeah, and we had an event last night, um, did a pizza party. It was fun. It was, it was earlier in the evening with, um, we had consensus NFT there. We had, uh, Hashku, we had Society Hourglass, Chibis. the Chibis, uh, and it was a good crew of DJs, giveaways, free pizza and beer. Yeah. Jason did a ton of magic. That was it was a good event. Good it was networking. crazy. It was packed yeah. too. Like yeah. the, like it was sold. Not only was it sold out, but like the line was a block long. Yeah, it, to get it pizza. was packed yeah. in the back. Yeah. It was dope. Like it was. It felt really good to to host that. Frankly, yeah, good guess. Had uh, someone from uh, crypto. Now, are are you guys doing anything to tie in like utility with this? Is this like a Hashku, Bitlectro, or like if you own the asset, that's the only way you can get in? How do you guys look at hosting these events with the NFTs? We were going to do something like that in Vegas. Like we had we had all these commitments from different teams. Like we were going to do crazy blended like metaverse slash IRL event in Vegas. Like we had a film crew ready to go and the like. And um, and then NFT land got canceled, but. Um, no, so this was sort of last minute, like, all right, we need to have a presence here. Let's put something together, even though we'd already committed a whole bunch of time to a Vegas event. So this was stood up in relatively short order. No, but we are looking to do something like that in NYC. Um, I still have aspirations of doing a blended metaverse slash IR relevant, specifically where we're taking like some of the entertainment components from the physical venue, piping that into the metaverse space. I'd love to do some token gated stuff. Um, Know, for our holders specifically still looking at what that what that looks like oh i can that's something we've been talking about we might do a scavenger hunt in NYC. Yeah. we might do an augmented reality scavenger hunt so there's likely to be an ar component to the dreamers vx that we haven't announced yet so that's coming out april 9th whether whether, whether or not the ar component's going to launch on the same day we're not quite sure yet it should be close um but then we're thinking Oh, we're doing all this exploratory AR sort of research for this. We might do something that's for our holders and 
uh, maybe some other communities as well, or you're roaming New York looking for AR creatures that we invent. So, what, what's yeah. really cool about it is like every city that we go to, we're finding that there's people from our community there, whether yeah. it be, you know, you had a meetup in Vegas, myself yeah. when we were in Denver, there's people coming up and they're like, yo, I'm a dreamer, I'm a big fan. And it's really nice to hear that because, you know, you're often just in the mix of it all. So to be... To, to hear that people really love what we're doing, I think we want to continue to kind of give back and, and do more of these things. We're used to giving out stickers to everyone who, who talks to us, right? But beyond that, let's take it one step further. The scavenger hunt's a great, a great way to do that. Yeah, there'll be a prize there too. There'll yeah. be a few prizes, that's the plan. Um, yeah, I mean, that's not necessarily token integrated, but it is something we're trying to do for our community. Also to broaden our base. Like we, I think of uh, a lot of the stuff we do like we know we're not the board apes, we're not the, the cool cats or the doodles, but we are a respected community that's building cool stuff and delivering our roadmap items. So a lot of these events, whether they're metaverse, IRL, I mean, and then we try to have a presence at every conference, even if it's just sending Jason out, it's like that opportunity to make one more true fan, to build build a broad sort of community, um, you know, really sort of grassroots of like, yeah, like this is who we are, like spend some time with us, check us out. And uh, you know, if you like our stuff, which most people do once they see it, then they uh, end up being uh, becoming a potential diehard. So that's that's sort of the impetus of a lot of the IRL stuff. Yeah, it, it does feel like in Web3, people are looking for like the most efficient route to find users. And IRL stuff isn't really the most efficient. It takes a lot of coordination. It's a lot of work, a lot of time, but you end up getting those sticky users in a, in a way. Yeah. Ones that want to stay. Yeah, we had people that like took trains up from like San Diego just to come to the conference or come to our, our meetup and uh, got to meet a lot of people that I'd only seen online. Uh, some of the DJs from our metaverse events that like come and play sets every month, like showed up to the meetup. But yeah, I mean, there's something to that though, like the FaceTime. Um, you, you form that personal connection with someone, there's intimacy and then kinship, and now you have someone that's part of your extended community and network and, and often a friend. Uh, and the same thing goes with our metaverse events, right? Like those take time. Like when we stage those, it's like it's like an all day plus plus extra days for marketing and coordination affair just to do one of these metaverse events. Uh, but we make a lot of uh, new connections through the outreach that we do every month in that metaverse parcel. And you obviously know Lad City has been a part of that since since almost inception. I'd say um, you're sort of our, our media sponsor, co-host on all of those, which is great. Um, and same sort of impetus applies. Like it's trying to make those those connections, those one true fans, um, and build that army of people that are there and participating with what it is you're trying to build. Yeah, yeah. Before we get into the VX and, and what you're doing with with Dreamloops specifically on like the technical side, I want to stay in the conversation about events because I th- I feel like NFTs kind of came about in that COVID timeframe when we didn't get together that often, but now we're coming out of that. Now we're going to be able to do more. Is it going to be something where like people look at events in the future and say like, you need to have events to be successful. Cause I remember when board apes were having all that stuff happen in NYC and people were saying, what, where's crypto punks, you know, like where, where are the punks at? They're not doing anything for their, their community. Is it going to be like that? Like, how are you guys thinking about events going forward? I think so, to some degree, whether or not you have a digital footprint with your events and you're doing them in the metaverse or you're doing IRL stuff, there has to be some sort of interaction with your fan base, with your user base that isn't just based in Discord and Twitter. And I think like your 
juxtaposition of the punks versus the apes. So now we've got Yugo owning some of the IP, or at least rights to the IP with, uh, with the Meebits and the punks. I'm curious to see what they're going to do with that, because remember when months ago when it was like, oh, when is when are, uh, the apes going to flip the punks? And eventually they did. And it just seemed like an inevitability, because um, Larva wasn't doing anything from a marketing, community-building, outreach standpoint, and the apes were. Even if it was so much of it was, was led by their users, initially, uh, they built a lot of this brand on the back of IRL meetups. Like I'd gone to Vegas ape meetups and it was like just 20 of us, but that's, that's real kinship and that's real, real visibility for your brand. I do, I do think it's a requirement to some degree. Like it's at this point in a competitive ecosystem where everyone's launching 10,000 unit collections and trying to build a brand around it. It is not enough just to have a discord server because I can be a member. You can be a member. Jason can be a member of a hundred different Discord servers. That doesn't mean you're engaging just because someone's in your channel because they wanted a pre-sale spot, for example. So how do you retain that user? How do you keep them engaged? Well, uh, events are a great way to do it. You appeal to them aesthetically, auditorily, you know, music. Um, you know, you find co-sponsors and co-hosts that also are in line with their interests. We do tons of guests and rotating people that we put on our Metaverse events. And then, of course, the IRL one, especially given how capitalized some of these teams are. Like, if you just sold a couple million dollars worth of NFTs, like, you can afford to put some of that money back into the IRL events. And I do think that's a real way to engage. Not to mention they're good for your brand and network. Like, um, you can find people to potentially collaborate with. Um, so, yeah, I, I, do think, I don't know that it's absolutely required, especially in a digital space. But if you are trying to, you are trying to punch through the noise, having a physical presence at real world events is certainly a good way to do that. And it also digs the like knife in deeper of you being a fan, right? Like I was walking yeah. the conference floor this morning and there's Frankie Nines from Subducks, and I'm like, oh my God, like this is so cool. Yeah. So you can like be you can be a fan and it's like meeting someone that maybe you're used to just seeing online or seeing their face on interviews like this and to kind of see beyond that avatar or something like that and have a real conversation i think it like we keep saying creates a true fan and that's that's super cool right? yeah that's that's a, a great way to put it but we do need to talk about as well the the metaverse portion of this right like we we're talking about irl events but you guys are even talking about mixing the two i think i saw the word uh metaverse portal out there so how are you guys thinking of like the combination between the two i know you've set up like the visual camera where the metaverse you know users can see inside the party and vice versa like what do you guys think about mixing both of those at your events yeah that's we want to that's the intention there's obviously hard costs with all of that but we've been we've been consistent with metaverse events since my june of last year so we're almost holy smoke so come come this uh, may we'll have done one monthly big metaverse event uh, every month since uh, since we launched Dreamloops back in June of 2021. Um, and I, I would love it if we could do at least twice yearly blended IRL metaverse events. And I think, so the play there is like you have entertainment and you're simulcasting your entertainment to the metaverse, but also for your, for your IRL guests. And people can choose to participate any which way they want or both. And then you can also pipe in some of the uh, metaverse world into your into your physical event. So the, the event that we were staging in Vegas had um, like every room was projector map. It was like the perfect venue for what I was going to do. And uh, so you can take you could take individual 
uh, clients and say crypto voxels, someone's going to steal this idea as I tell them exactly <laughs> how to do it. Um, you can take individual clients and crypto voxels and then just take that and projector map it to a wall and suddenly you get a 3D representation of the space. Live video crew, wireless camera feed, send that in. You upload that to multiple, say, private YouTube live streams, embed those into the, into the metaverse space, and then you've got this blended experience. And it's, some, some of it's a novelty, right? Like, it's, it's not like... It's not like everyone that shows up to the physical party gives a shit about what's going on in the metaverse. Because like, I know, like even even people that are diehard Web three people, some of them think like, "Oh, well, I've been in decentralized, I've been in crypto voxels. They're they're clunky. I don't really mess with it." But then we have people that show up every month for these metaverse parties, and they're just like all about it, and they'll hang out for four hours. So mileage may vary. That being said, um, I that we've got Jason can't talk about who, but we've got big brands and big artists that are talking to the Electro about us hosting them in our metaverse parcel and actually consulting with them to, to host their own events. So there are uh, big legacy businesses that are taking an interest in this type of thing. And, and so I think we're sort of uh, you know, front runners of it, if you will. That doesn't mean that we're going to be the, the big winners necessarily, but it means we're taking it as well. Yeah, what's the draw for those those big companies? Like, what what is the main reason why you think they're reaching out to you now? Do they see the success you've had with the metaverse parties? Are like the photos of everybody in there now coming to fruition a little bit? I think yeah, and it bridges from like why something like Roblox is really cool, or why something like Minecraft, right? Because people are used to Fortnite events being really popular and everyone going into that. So to have a decentralized version of that that excites people like it's like they've heard the inklings is the way i would describe yeah. it right is we're having all these conversations with these brands and they're like we've heard so much and we've heard you're the guys for that which yeah. is a really good feeling right so we have to we have to educate them a little bit on like the process of it but once right. they learn that it's not too difficult they kind of want to dive in even yeah. more i had a conversation at our event last night we would uh there was someone that was Representing the um, the VC arm of of Anheuser Busch, so uh, who obviously yeah, the Budweiser did their kind of tea launch, and um, she was explaining like that they're exploring Web three and metaverse stuff for the community aspect. Like they're trying to find ways to have digital gathering spaces around their brands. And I thought, well, that's interesting. Like, well, first of all, like a lot of cues from Web three, right? You've got Discord, which becomes this de facto internet gathering space for some of these communities. Not sure that like Budweiser wants to maintain the Budweiser NFT Discord or Web3 Discord. Maybe they already have that. I don't even know if they have a Discord for their drop, for example. But they're looking for other ways to take artists or, or even like paid, paid sponsored musician performances, for example, and then use those as activations for their brand where there's interactivity between their user base. So Web3, you know, despite the fact that a lot of the technology we're using for this stuff maybe could have been done in web two, but suddenly like NFTs and all of the, the web three accoutrements are sort of enabling this to actually uh, you know, get a foothold. Now legacy brands are, are taking an interest, which which they should be, obviously. Yeah, it's good to see you guys have a success with that metaverse event. It, it, I saw Rizzle tweeted like maybe two weeks ago about everybody kind of like metaverse being this big buzzword and that everyone, just like you said, Anheuser-Busch wants to get in the metaverse, Facebook rebranding to meta. And really at the root of it, there's only like probably 2,000 people that interact in what we would call a visual metaverse. I mean, how many people go in crypto voxels, Decentraland, and Sandbox? That's it. You know, in a, a real user-owned metaverse, there's not that many people actually doing it. You're absolutely right. Yeah, that's 
that's an interesting point. So like we, we track our traffic, like it will routinely be like, when we throw a party, we'll be like the top visited parcel that day, for example. Um, but even then it's like the numbers aren't staggering, right? It's like, like a couple thousand. Yeah. It's a few, it's a few thousand users, which for web three is a lot, right? Yeah, people but, get impressed by that. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But like in conventional, like legacy marketing or, or, you know, e-commerce leads and the like, like those aren't a lot, it's not a lot of impressions, right? That being said, like those fans are diehards. Yeah. And, and like the platforms are crude, right? I mean, I know like sandbox alpha, I think closed yesterday. Sandbox is getting real slick. But in the meantime, we've got a couple of functioning metaverses that, that you can do stuff with. But yeah, like everyone, everyone's talking about it. Very few people are actually utilizing that, you know, and it's like one on one hand, like the other teams that, that do regular metaverse stuff. Like we were talking, who were we talking to on uh, Tuesday? Fractilians at the Decentraland reporting. And she's got like a really interesting thing where she's made like a, like a, a whole you know, she's become a media personality it's out of journalism. metaverse journalism. Um, we should, you should talk to her. She might be an interesting addition for lads as well. Um, and uh, I thought, like this, that's such a such a nascent and emerging thing. Like eventually, there's going to be more, more, more metaverse reporters or more reporters or journalists using that as a as a platform for live streaming. But it is still so early in terms of user adoption. Everyone loves to say we're early, but I mean. Yeah, this is really early in terms of user base. It's still, you know, five digits, right? Like, less than a thousand users. So, yeah. And to, to Jason's point as well, like with Roblox, like most people think, I think the metaverse is still that Web 2 version of the metaverse, right? Like Fortnite, people are watching concerts in there. That's the metaverse they're thinking about. They don't truly understand that, that kind of Web 3 ownership. No, I was just going to add to that. Like, yeah, it's because a lot of the stuff we're doing in metaverses too isn't necessarily new, right? Like, MMOs, um, online games in general, so whether it's Ro- Roblox, World of Warcraft, even like proto, proto MMOs like Ultima Online from the late 90s, like those had metaverse components, right? But it wasn't, you didn't still have that same sense of ownership and identity like people do in current metaverses. It's, it's the Web3 gaming that makes it, um, makes it sort of viable as a product. I love that insight, man. I, you know, one of the reasons I wanted to have you guys on today and I'll have you guys on whenever you want, uh, because I, you guys are truly are building like an authentic community. We talked about it already. Uh, but you also have this like wide network, right. Of other communities that you guys want to be partnered with. So if you got like, take this time while we're kind of halfway through the episode, shout out any communities that you think are doing this well. I think Jason um, was mentioning. Yeah, no, um, go, ahead. go ahead, Jason. You, uh, like the homies, like, like I, say like you know we, we really like john aiden and the whole team sophia over at the hearts project like like they're they're doing a great job with with the irl events they came out last night which was really nice of them as well we're going out to them uh tomorrow night uh tonight is warp sounds that's that's jeff and all them over with warps um they're doing a great job i'm trying to think who else there's there's so many communities that like like yesterday stopping by the dippies event and, and meeting sal who, who runs their team it's like you know, meeting these founders who are, are comfortable being front facing and to have the conversations and should just entertain the the pre the pre the starting conversation of something that could be something is really cool. Just being like, would love to connect. I know not right now is the time, but we should do something. And that for them to be like, let's talk is really nice. Yeah, that this idea definitely works as a front runner as is hard. If we're talking on. Specifically in IRL events, those are, those are definitely teams to watch. Um, in terms of, gen- I was the hundreds too. Hundreds is very good. Yeah. Um, 
I think, I mean, we're trying to do more stuff with, uh, with the Hashcoop crew and Society of the Hourglass as well. And I know they have ambitions of having more real-world activations. Also, their community, while small, is hyper-engaged. Like, they do these storytelling workshops. I can see them having a lot of really interesting uh, real-world conversions from what's going on with their, their community right now in the online space. And we're trying to partner with them. Just a good team with a good head on their shoulders, frankly. Yeah, um, good dudes yeah, as well. Yeah, right? that's, that's <laughs> the other thing, too. That, that, this is, you know, that's kind of like a funny thing. I mean, this is an aside. Like, there's, we, are, we know there's a lot of bad actors in this space, we, and we know not all teams are doxxed. It's curious the ones that, like, they'll give you no's on IRL stuff. Why? Because they're not out there. And it's like, it's going to become a requirement for all teams to be doxxed in public. Um, and then, you know, the ones, that, the ones that can't do the IRL events, like, well, why can't you? It's like, oh, because you've launched six projects in a guerrilla fashion and you, <laughs> you can't show your face to the world. So, yeah, it's, it's uh, yeah, anyway, just, just something I'm thinking about, but, yeah. It's like what a, a Twitter check mark should be, right? It's that like badge, like oh, we host IRL events. It kind of authenticates you in a way. That's that's a good way to put it, man. I, I like that. Um, I want to give a quick shout out to Nifty Castle uh, here in the in the crowd. Uh, they are here, and you know Lola Menthol and Natalie Crew are, are two women uh, who create content within Lad City and in our channel. How are how is the like ratio out there in? in uh la between you know men and women because i know that's a big thing to be talked about in crypto is how do we get more people and more females in, in particular into the space it is better here than it was in nft nyc i was I thinking about the event last night like yeah we had a, and we had man a lot of the heavy hitters i talked to last night were women from teams like half of the about. consensus crew yeah, half was at least women. they sent they sent us yeah. all photos and it, yeah like it was um, fantastic it's good the, the ratio is becoming more more akin to what you'd like to see 50 50. um i don't think we're I, I still don't think we're there yet like um but um i think it's improving it's improving drastically yeah, yeah. which is great but it's um and, and it's almost never you know we know uh, in, in, in inequity of, of like starting spots, right? And, and the way we enculturate people into different uh, different uh, lifestyles and career paths. But we're so there's a, we're always fighting that. That's an uphill battle, but it, it does seem to be improving. In, uh, in it, you know, it, it's also amazing finding these amazing um, like powerful women creators in the space. Like even just the Twitter space that we hosted this yeah. Tuesday was was to celebrate Women's History Month, and that was like a, a woman-focused panel, and it was fantastic. It was yeah. probably one of the best conversations we've ever had on yeah. our on our topical. And Tuesday. it was, and the the conversation wasn't even women folks. Was, we were just platforming women creators in the space, and we had some were media personalities, some were engineers, some were artists, and it was like like the obviously no surprise like the the quality of content was, was incredible. So yeah. yeah, yeah, that's that's awesome. I mean, in order to be I guess when I'm, when I say minority here, I mean like, uh, like the smaller percentage, right? Like if you have women in this space, they're, they're going to have to be, you know, that much better to compete with men in this environment, you know, not to get personal, but my mother was in the military and to compete with men in that environment, she needed to be almost twice as good. So a lot of the times when you, whenever you're going to see, uh, you know, females are speaking and, and, uh, they're creating stuff. It's like better than the men <laughs> some of the times and most of the time. Like combating like institutional sexism that's just been ingrained in these spaces, and it's like, and you just yeah, you have to show up and kick ass. Well, and it's even look yeah. at look at a team like Sprightly, like yeah. Kimberly on that team is like 
dynamite. She's like, a killer. Dynamite. Yeah. It is. Yeah. Yeah. Strong in the ear too. And yeah. Like, I mean, like, yeah. Like, we'd be lucky like a, to like have a her killer. Like a killer. killer. Yeah. So. Who, who's this again? Just one last. Sprightly. Sprightly. I don't know if you know the project, but Kimberly. Over um, also, they're just—it's beautiful illustration. Like we're, we're, you know, we do pixel art, and we're snobs of pixel art. I, I consume and collect a lot of it myself, and her work is just really good. And she's also doing engineering. So, so we're halfway through the episode here. I have one last question about events, and then we'll kind of move into what you guys are building with Dream Loops and kind of your experience there. Uh, last question for the event side. We've been at NFT NYC. You've now been out to to LA. You've seen these events. What would you do differently, maybe, than what NFT NYC did? Like, if you were hosting the event, what are these events not thinking about, or these event coordinators not thinking about when they're hosting these events? Or are they perfect? Teams? Let me open uh, up my notes here. Yeah. Let me just <laughs> I would say so. <laughs> there's a lot. A few things. So the talks are bad. I'll just say this, like. And not everyone. There are some good panelists, but then sometimes you go to like a crypt. Well, it was like this when I was doing crypto conferences too. And so many of the the talks just become um, just advertising panels for for the product. And I get it. Like you're there to sell your product, but like drop some insight. Like people spend a lot of money on tickets, right? Like like what is, I don't know what these are four or five hundred bucks, thousand dollars now. It's like it's like I better be learning some shit. Like. Because you can you can show up and not go to the conference and just go to the satellite events and network your ass off yeah. and it's worth the trip. But if I'm going to spend money at this conference, like what am I getting for it? And for me, it's like I want a little mini education. I want to feel like I went to a workshop. Like I like I learned some insights I wouldn't have got had I not gone. And uh, like one of our team members went to one of the talks yesterday. And he was like, Man, it was just the same. It was just chilly, and it was like six buzzwords over and over. Like the speaker wasn't saying anything, but saying so much at the same time. Like they were just—it was just word salad. Um, I felt like that in a lot of the NYC talks as well. There were some workshops that were really good. Like I found like the engineering stuff was really good. Like when they they get down there, like demoing their their tech stack, I'm like, okay, this is this is quality. Like I have an expert to build something that's showing me what they built and how to use it. Um, I feel like so. I feel like the the approach to booking guests should be more curatorial. Like they need to, there needs to be a filter there. Like they need to not just say yes, yes, and yes. You're like, oh, your project has 40,000 Twitter followers. We'll put you on. Like, how about you have them like submit a deck and like give you like a little sample of what it is that they're going to do. Um, it would also be nice. And this was a problem at NYC. This one was a little better because some people started aggregating like events like there's the master sheet of like satellite events yeah, yeah it's tricky to know everything that's going on so the community is getting good at like aggregating themselves but it doesn't mean that the event hosts are like aggregating it for you they should yeah. be doing that it should be easier uh, la is always a pain in the ass to, because you're going through a million spaces like you're, you're traveling 30 40 minutes to get you know three miles in la nyc was like the opposite, where it's easy to get around, but then you go to a venue and then the capacity is only 50 people. So then you're like stuck waiting in line. So it's like, I was excited about a Vegas event because Vegas, conf- like Vegas is conference city. Like we do, we do CES, we used to do Comdex, we do, we do SEMA. I mean, there's, there's five trade shows a month, but probably more there's really. And like, conference yeah, and it's like, <laughs> and, and it's like trams to get through super easy foot traffic. Like it, it's like, like there needs to be a real good NFT conference in Vegas because it's so easy and fluid and it's, it's just so organized and get around. So 
uh, yeah, like a lot of it's logistic, a lot of it's like quality of speakers, but ultimately, like they're great, they're great networking. They're great, they're great places for brand visibility. They're great places to meet other people in the space. Whether you're a collector, creator, investor, like it's like it's all here. Seventy-five percent of our good collaborations between the Electro stuff has come from an IRL yeah, relationship. The, yeah, right. Like for sure, absolutely. And it's getting deeper now, right? It's as we become yeah. as we become closer with these people, it's like it's opening up doors for more teams and additional things yeah. as well. So it's like. We use this term like homies helping homies, and it yeah. really is that case. Yes, exactly. Right. Put a face to it. Yeah. yeah, I'll do some stuff with you. Yeah. yeah. Your, your your point about digging deeper with IRL events is so important too because it like ties you together with that partner a little bit more. Like I feel like I know you guys way better because I met you in person. Nifty Castle is the same thing. I want to keep yeah. doing stuff with you. Yeah. He's a good dude. You get a better sense of the person. <laughs> uh, and, uh, and that's definitely the case, which is also why we're sad you're not over here hanging out with us. So, uh, We'll catch you uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah I'll, 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 I'm feeling the FOMO big time, guys. So uh, let, let's move on quickly before it gets too too crazy. I uh, appreciate those insights too, man. I, I think the curation piece there is so important. Uh, they had people who were either from the space. It feels like they're not even from the space. They're just giving out handouts to whoever says they're an NFT influencer almost or some type of builder or founder. And it's just it's terrible. So I, I echo those thoughts. Um, guys, this is the Nifty Q show. We're interviewing founders, leaders, builders in the NFT space. I'm sitting here with Bitlectro Labs. Uh, we are going to talk Bitlectro Labs and Dreamers now. It's it's we might as well. It's 30 minutes into the episode, so uh, tell tell me a little bit about the uh, like project origin real quick, and then what you guys are up to today. I'm going to grab a prop here from my bag. Oh, I don't know what he's grabbing. This is exciting. Another magic trick. Oh, another one. Okay, we'll do another one for you, Q. For the visual listeners at home, we'll get rid of that dreamer did you see it vanish q you're welcome good sir so yeah so i mean project background best filler in the space i love it yes we have a musician magician here i can't even speak so i'm, I'm talking about music so, yeah so so we are music focused uh, to a degree we're building a number of things we're kind of all over the place but there's music to both of our collections we got we got the dream loops this is one of the it's actually the liner notes it doesn't have a vinyl in it but we released a physical album dropped uh in january still shipping those to holders like people redeem them every week and we, we get them fulfilled um, and then we did a profile picture collection which was which was dreamers from my business cards actually so you get a little sense of them as jason uses them for magic tricks but um anyway so dreamers was the the 2d profile pic collection um that we launched with with a pretty substantial roadmap like we were we we're like what what cool stuff can we build you know if we hit these sales targets um, and now we're delivering. So the second thing, um, well, second album from uh, the Electro will be a Dreamers album with music from from the Dreamers. And for those that don't know, like like it's like got all these collaborations from musicians on the Polyvinyl label, and uh, and they are full arrangements. Like the Dream Loops were just these little. 30 second chiptune loops, but these are like full featured songs it's that like you can it's only like a secret album. Yeah. You can <laughs> oh, only yeah. get them on the, on, on the album. We did a listening party in, in our metaverse and like all these people showed up to listen. And I said, all right, that's it. Like we're not releasing these digitally. You have the dream loops, but if you want to hear the full album cuts, you have to own the physical. So we're going to do that again for the dreamers. And then our, our next big roadmap item that comes out April 9th is the dreamers VX. So we, are a sandbox partner. We have uh, an estate. Forget the coordinates, but um, we have a three by three estate. Electro Labs, um, 
and we've been talking to the team. We said, we're going to do a VX collection. And they said, well, we're building some automated tools so that teams can, uh, in a sort of, sort of automated, generative fashion, produce uh, sandbox avatars. Or you can do it yourselves. And we we're like, okay, we're, we're just going to build them ourselves. So we, um, we got to work. I say Keel got to work more so than me, our co-founder and art director. Um, he built uh, 15,000 one-to-one representations of the actual Dreamers characters. So that's dropping as a free airdrop to all. Yeah, and they're all voxelized. And like, it's first started by him like hand drawing every every trait, and then we started scripting the combination. So we were producing one to one recreation. So if you own a Dreamer, which is the two D collection, you get to claim the uh, voxelized version on April 9th. Um, it is so the sandbox isn't out. They are rigged and mapped for sandbox. In fact, we have a couple of local demos of Keel running around with the characters in the sandbox. Um, there's likely to be an AR feature to them that I'm not going to spoil yet because that the AR feature may launch with the collection. It might launch a little bit after the collection work. But it's crazy. It's, it works. It's it crazy. works. We've been demoing it's so it. so sick. Um, and then the the final intent there is obviously to use the characters as as playable avatars in the sandbox once that's live. Um, so that's, that's like our next big thing. And then the following large roadmap item is we're building sort of a... We, Everyone refers to it as a game. I refer to it as a default platform. It's gamified, but it's it's about as gamified as say like Avogadro is. It's not playable, but it is. It is sort of play to earn, right? So uh, we're building a um, we're calling it Dreamlands Battle Arena, um, and soon, very soon, we're going to have some some uh, trailers of what that's going to look like, including like what the UI UX is, which will spoil a lot of um, what the feature set is going to be. Looking at token integrations, not, not promising a native token yet, something we're still exploring. But there will either be a native token component or an integration of a third-party token. Um, we have some feelers out there for potentials. But um, either way, it'll be like NFT-gated experiences that you can do with your dreamer, provably fair games of chance, battles, if you will, um, token staking, marketplace, all this, all this cool stuff. So, yeah. You can, you can see how excited Gabe is for what they're building because that was like four or five different things to unpack that we have to go back now yeah. and like it, we need to talk about these things. But the first thing, Gabe, like you mentioned, like you guys started with Dream Loops and this idea that you were going to be very like music and audio focused. And you you said you still are. But how do you classify yourselves now? We thought we thought at the beginning we were like we could be the art blocks uh, for music and a tease. And then because Keel's got a deep network of musicians. I have a deep network of musicians. And then we're, we like start putting the feelers out. We're like, hey, you guys want to do a music collection with us? And we're finding like there's so much aversion to NFTs. Like we, we had like friends that were crypto traders, NFT collectors, and they're like, oh, we'd love to. But we started like teasing that with our, with our fans. And we got all this backlash on Twitter, all this backlash on Instagram. So we're not going to release our NFTs. And we're like, shit. So like, we're like rock and roll, like ready to go launch more collections around music. And we're finding all this aversion from these, from these musicians that we want to work with. So we're like, all right, well, what else can we build? Like, well, I've got a deep background in, in crypto and building apps uh, around cryptocurrencies, like a lot, a lot of payment stuff, frankly, but it's understanding con- smart contracts, understanding wallets, understanding how to, how to launch a stack, under, understanding how to project manage, do quality assurance testing, user acceptance test, like all this, all this, all these processes you need to launch 
uh, launch a product. Um, not saying NFTs aren't a product, but there's a lot more we can do with NFTs that a lot of teams aren't capable of. Well, I've got that capability, that background. So we built this really robust roadmap. Well, we want to do some VX stuff. It's gamified. It fits into our metaverse stuff, which is music focused, right? Like all of our metaverse parties have music, but we're also exploring what metaverse are we going to be using in the future? Well, now we have a sandbox estate. We're sandbox partners, so let's do sandbox avatars. So that became a roadmap item. And the bigger thing was, like, I was looking at stuff that I was using, like, day-to-day in the ecosystem. Like, I, I stake tokens on, on DeFi platforms like crazy. And I'm looking, looking at those double-sided LP farms and finding that interest, you know, on different networks, too, not just Ethereum. I'm over on Terra. I'm over on Solana. I'm, over, I'm using Polygon. And one of the Polygon products I really liked was, uh, was Avogadji. And I know you've talked to their team quite a bit. And I'm just, like, blown away with uh, their ability to create... A healthy tokenomic ecosystem that's built around NFTs and staking and different market mechanics. And they've got their ghost token, they've got their ticket token. They, they've managed to build like this healthy model. And I thought, we can do this. Like, we have the development acumen to build something like this. So, while I say, like, yeah, we're music focused, we still are to a degree, but it's more like, we're not, we're not like a music company, even though we, we sold a record. Like, I, I, was, I have a friend that runs a, a small record label, and I was like, I was like, you know, like, you've got, like, a stable of, like, 20 artists. I'm like, I've sold more albums than you this year. Like, I'm like, we sold them as NFTs and they're chiptunes. And I'm like, and it's just, it's just a weird dynamic. So, like, um, but we are not a, we're not a music label. We're not necessarily just a music NFT. So, it's like, we're a, we're, we're, we, we are a, we are a, an NFT. We are, let's see, we are a Web3 company that is audiovisual with, with our fingers in the metaverse and, and DeFi is what it boils down to. So real hard to distill. And maybe that maybe to some degree that's a fault. That being said, we are doing it all and we are complete like we're about to knock out this 15k VX collection. Like no one's done that yet. Yeah. As, as, a, as a derivative of a two collection. Uh, and then all of our focus pours into the, the battle arena, um, which is the, which is basically a DeFi platform. Um, so I think by the end of this year, I think a lot of I think the general conception around this will be like, oh, they're like a, they're like an NFT DeFi brand. That being said, there will still be a metaverse component. We still plan to do these parties. We still plan to do music-focused stuff. I mean, our co-founder is a professional musician slash artist, so uh, it just we are sort of a hodgepodge. But I hope that kind of distills it down. It'd be different if you guys weren't shipping anything and, and building things as well. I feel like you're just not getting caught in the quagmire of music NFTs not being a thing yet in a way, right? Like they're, they're not mainstream yet. So why, you know, kind of run in place? I would love if we could do that. Like, but there's so there's all these sort of dangling questions of like, what are music NFTs? Like, what, what does the model look like? How does it get, how does it become both beneficial for, um, consumers people listening to the music and the artists like i really like what like like royal's doing what blau blau talks about with his different um different monetization approaches to to both selling music and fractionalizing it for those that are participating um and like what's the the streaming platform that's um sort of crypto focused that's an alternative to to spotify and i I realized like well we're not a platform like we're not going to launch yeah, audience, exactly. I'm like, we're not going to launch our own platform. Like, we were more hoping to be like an NFT label until we got friction from artists. So then it's, so yeah, I guess it's more of a pivot because we need to figure out like what makes this a viable business and then continues to bring value to 
those that have been with us as collectors in the community. And it's places that we find value as collectors, right? Like Gabe, Gabe introduced me to Avagachi and we realized that this is such a cool project that if we could, you know, take 2% of what they do and put an electro spin on it and 2% of what another project does, put an electro spin on it, we kind of take our favorite, we dip into our favorite parts of so many different elements that span from web to, you know, legacy companies and things that excite us over there. And then web three companies, we can kind of make a project that excites us still, you know, which has been really cool. Yeah, and I think our art's really fun. Like, if you mess with mess with this style of art, like it's, it's it speaks specifically to a certain demo. Like, Avogachi speaks to a certain demo, but like, it's also very simple and elegant what they've done. Our the universe we built is a little more robust, and we want to append that to sort of a lot of basic DeFi protocols that we already already mess with. And like, none of what we're doing is new. Like, we're, like I'm very good at at stealing other ideas that are known to work in an ecosystem and it's not it's not theft it's it's like Stealing yeah it's like an artist, yeah right? it's like it's like yeah. what companies do constantly it's like taking a best practice yeah exactly taking a best practice and building building a newer iteration you know changing it 10 percent so that you can build a sustainable yeah. business out of it so that's that's really what we're I, I do want to plug uh, Music Mondays. They've been teaching me a lot. Uh, they we have a, a show here on Mondays from Louis C. Rhymes and Natalie Crew and Jared T, who host and talk about music and how it relates to NFTs. And I've learned a lot just being in their spaces and on the show. And they teach me a bunch. Art Start Now is doing the same thing for me in art, uh, in a way. So I do want to plug two of our shows. But I, I did have. Uh, a quick question and I completely lost it. So I'm not going to be able to answer, but tell me a little bit about what this VX uh, release looks like uh, from the holder's perspective. Uh, and we'll get to that question. I forgot. Yeah, it is. It is a separate collection. Like people are asking us like, Oh, am I just getting a VX picture? No, it, it's a, it's an additional NFT. So there'll be a whole new dreamers VX on OpenSea, for example. Um, basically once, once we turn the portal live, it'll be on our site, electrolabs.com. Uh, you'll just be able to select your whichever dreamer you're claiming for from a drop-down menu. You hit the mint button. It's it's zero zero fees to us. You will have to pay the small uh, gas fee for the network. It is on Ethereum mainnet, and then you'll get you'll be minting the one-to-one recreation in VX form, um, and that'll show up on OpenSea, very similar to like the CyberCon. So we built a cool app where. Um, and you can actually, we'll, be, we'll share a link so you can go directly to the app and then look at your character. But you'll be able to drag the character. We actually have, um, I don't know if I want to spoil everything. There's a bunch of animations associated with it too. They are rigged. They are rigged so that um, you can, there's they like, do something yeah, they do, they do a bunch of things actually. So you'll be able to, yeah. Can I say one thing uh, on top of that? Asmodai is in the comments, uh, who is a holder. Uh, he's saying, will the, will the VX have a magic trick emote? <laughs> What's funny though is like within the Dreamers collection, there's some like oh, yeah. people that have like like a helmet that has like a playing card attached yeah. to and stuff, and those, those are like are my bad. favorite. Yeah. And then now with our first collection, the Dream Loops, there's some secret team tokens that are starting oh, to yeah. get revealed. Yeah. And if you find like there's one that's a magic one, and you yeah. know it's a magic one, and it's mine. So right. there's gonna be I think. Um, who knows? There could be down the line that some be, more. That'd be something we'd have stuff. to we'd have to animate a. Like our mocap, something for magic. I, I'm trying to think how you would do that with crude voxels. It's but, not but even like even like, like the French cart and the hat is so yeah. cool. Like yeah, there's 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 so much there like, are, culture. There's some magic magic callouts for sure yeah. uh, because we we obviously like 
when we approached the collection, we had like a, a notion board that was a bunch of like team suggestions and pretty much like anything a team member wanted to put in the collection, it got added. So there's all sorts of like elements there that were uh, a byproduct of Jason's interests or my interests or, or Brett's interests on our team. So it was, it was pretty cool. Um, yeah. No magic trick. You made a point earlier. You made a point earlier about your universe being like a little bit like larger. Maybe I wouldn't say larger than Avogachi, but you can tell like the characters are different. It's not just like a ghost and like a little bit. Tell me a little bit more about that lore beyond maybe a notion page where the team was just hitting you with ideas. Like what is the central theme around? We have um, we have a writer on our team, too. So around. okay, so. Well, I'll give you like what our approach to the lore is going to be. So we we mentioned this as a roadmap item that will probably be implemented later than we wanted because we realized um, we wanted to build the platform that would accommodate the feature. So we're we're going to give holders the option to edit flavor text on their dreamers soon. The problem is we realized that like if you want to view like a, a property on OpenSea that has like a paragraph associated with it, like it doesn't display correctly in, in the property, right? Like if you, if you, if it's, if it's a tag, if it's a piece of metadata, right? You could move, put it in the description, but then we would have to give up our collection description as, as that, that piece of metadata. So we need the app to be finished, like the basic dreamland sort of uh, platform before we're allowing users to enter their own flavor text. But the idea is that there can be a little bit of world building there. It's not going to be a free for all. Like you get to the, you get to put anything you want in the flavor text. Like we're going to be filtering it. If you just start, you know, putting expletives in your uh, in your descriptor, but we wanted to have some insight there. The backgrounds of the collection were uh, written by Keel and myself, with the idea that we're defining sort of this universe. And then, there, if you recall, there was like a, a little bit of a background as to what the dreamers were like. They're waking up from like somnium sleep, and um, it's in the future, and they're battling um, <laughs> in, a, in a post proof of work environment. So there is some loose. Um, there is some loose world building there. The dream loops do tie to the dreamers. They are they are set in the same universe. Um, and I mentioned that we have a writer. So our intention with the album when we release the next album. So the first album, even like the cassette holders get they get the, the liner notes from the vinyl, and it has this beautiful. This one's sealed, but it has this beautiful booklet inside with like five hundred different dream loops in it. And it's just it's really fun to look at, hyper visual. So we thought. For the next one, we release a zine. Like it'll be like a quarter-page zine, full color, and that full color zine that comes with the album will be lore. It'll be like world building that describes what what the Dreamlands is and where all these characters came from. So we're going to do some loose world building with our team that defines some of those. Right. So we've got our three base characters. They're green, blue, and um, and purple. So. It's the Azulians, the Zombos, and the Lavendians. So those are like your three core uh, species, if you will. But then you also have dogs, you have cats, you have robots. You have a whole bunch of parody characters. You have like the classic... Yeah, we have skeletons. We have uh, another alien species that look more like the greys, but they're, they're brightly colored. So we have all these like different character types and and things that come from seemingly disparate universes, but there is going to be like a thread that ties them together. And the other thing that also ties into like the balance components of what we're trying to do in the battle ring too. Like a lot of good games are like built in triads, like where there's like 
almost like paper rock scissors, right? But where one one hurts another, but is hindered by by the third. So the same sort of relation is going to exist with the with the three character types, and that was by design. And then uh, what's really there. nice about it too is like our community is so creative. We have so many different like tastemakers from different styles of art, whether it be a musician or a filmmaker or a poetry writer or whatever. So we have like a lore suggestions page within our Discord. And there's been great suggestions yeah. coming from our own community that is like kind of, you know, could be implemented into the, the you know final yeah. lore as it gets created. Yeah, so that, that we have some loose stories, but we wanna we wanna borrow from our community and take insight once once we're a little further on. And they'll see what we're building soon. Like we've we already have like like the animation sheets, what you call sprite sheets in production for like most of the collection. Like we have the base animations that are done. We have some NPCs that we've created that um, our, our fans will see yeah, soon right. enough. Yeah. Like there's going to, not only will there be PVP stuff, there's going to be like PVE sort of like big bad bosses that we do in like monthly. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So that's going to play into the lore. But it, it is kind of, it's kind of, a lot of it's pop culture inspired. I almost want to say like part of it's almost like Ready Player One or Snow Crash to a degree where it's like, this hodgepodge of like uh, influence because we have a lot of parody. There is a lot of, I mean, there is a lot of parody, right? Like that, that's an interesting choice for you guys to make because most PFPs or most NFT projects have relatively the same traits, you know, like you could maybe tell one from another, but know that they're part of the same, but you, your voxelized portion in the backgrounds, they kind of tie it in together. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Like it's all aesthetically similar in tone, but like often, disparate in, in origin if you will um yeah it'd be cool awesome guys i'm going to let you kind of like shill a little bit more about anything we maybe missed uh as it's related to yeah get ready jason uh i don't know i mean like so here's the thing is that the next you know basically 10 days or, or however long we have until until vx drops is a really exciting time for us because we're essentially entering this this media run of sorts. It's like the celebration time. All the work's done. It's ready to go. So it's time to just celebrate with our community. So we're doing that as well on April 8th with another Crypto Voxels party. This one's going to be a big one, frankly. Oh, like, yeah. uh, the, we're just getting ready to like, lock, lock it down. Did you lock it down? We can, that's an, they already, they're sort of announced this. All right, so Oni Force is yeah. joining us yeah. for, yeah. and there's a very special giveaway yeah, for everyone who attends, yes. which is going to be, we're not going to say what it is, yeah. but it's that's really a cool. good thing. Yeah. So that's a big one. That's going to be a big celebration. Um, uh, Mumbai Science, Boombots is doing yeah. a set. Hearts Project's doing a community showcase. Yeah. There's so many cool things going on at that party. But it also spins into like more cross-collaboration airdrops with more teams. We're, we're yeah, chatting with a couple teams. That. We're getting added to some of our friends' games, which is really cool to have like a little dreamers, you know, dip into their kind of game ecosystem they're building. There's a lot going on, frankly, which yes. is which is really exciting. And uh, the next 10 days is, you know, 20 more conversations like yeah. this, which is exciting, frankly. Yeah, and it's, it's kind of funny. Like, it's like, yeah, we're like out here you know, trying to have as many conversations as possible. I'd come and chat with you every week if you if, if you let me, Q. But um, uh, the other thing is like we're still we're still trying to promo this drop. But the drop is like it's a roadmap item. It's a it's a free drop, right? That we promised. That being said, it is a full featured NFT collection. So it's like it's like yeah, I guess we're still approaching it as if we're selling something, but we're giving this away. <laughs> it's it's, so it's, kind of it's um, tough because you look at something like. Um, 
like Kongs or like even yeah. Subducks with the King Frogs where it was an airdrop, but there was an accompanying, like a sale that went along with sure. it. So you can treat it like a sale drop. That's what we did with the Dreamers. Yeah. But with this being like a purely free airdrop claim, the the angle of promo is a little bit different yeah. we're finding. So, and it's not a good thing or bad thing. We're just, I think in the end, like in the long term, it's, it's worth it because everything we're doing is very selective. We're partnering with the right people because the, the move is not just to like send a dreamer to every Twitter influencer, you know, it, it doesn't do anything. The needle that you need to move is being on the floor. Like we are in New York, linking with these teams and chatting with people like yourself, frankly. He, he, he said, you said you guys should chill something when we started talking about marketing. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So the chill is, um, yeah, we've got a big metaverse party, April 8th. The, the dreamers, VX is April 9th. Um, and then after that, it's like, we're just, grinding on the the dreamlines ballerina stuff so that that's the big shill um yeah. we should have our merch drop soon too actually and that'll have some then that's gonna have some cool things integrated yeah, as well that's gonna have a decentralized tie-in um, yeah. yeah we've got yeah. there's this vibe as the the nft community gets larger that i feel where a bunch of projects like like lad city and in nft live and and you know uh what you guys are doing with electro nifty castle all these uh, you know other communities you guys are tied into it feels like we're getting closer together in a way like it, it does feel like we're still having there's like going to be some awesome interconnectedness as we move down to the future i like feel that more than i did even a year ago uh when everyone was kind of just first getting their legs under them almost agreed yeah agreed and i think you have to like man like we're we're still in a growing space that has lots of friction with mainstream adoption. And it's nice when teams are building together and elevating each other because for this to sustain and to grow, we need to double, triple, quadruple our, our user base. I mean, it needs to be, there needs to be 10 times as many users on OpenSea for this to be like viable at scale. Right? Like I don't think 10K profile pictures is the way to go. So it, it's, uh, forever that is so it's nice to see it's nice to see teams collaborating and you don't always see this in tech oriented communities that's true so, most of them walled, walled gardens in a way yeah that's yeah. That's, a, that's a good point uh guys yeah we're gonna have to uh, uh end the episode we've gone an hour and i know uh you guys had kind of a, a soft stop here uh as we come up and usually this is a, a perfect time to to stop it anyways i do want to give a couple mentions one is a lightning question from Wow. he says what do you think of the term meta world as opposed to metaverse unless you're tying into multiple platforms is metaverse getting watered down and then a, another uh, comment here, uh, they're saying Gabe should join NFT Live. So I don't know if you caught it, but we moved to like a, a more panel like style where we've got like five people on at once. But yeah, anytime you guys want to come on, uh, definitely. I, I'm down to jump on NFT Live anytime. Let's get that in the calendar, please. Um, that's still my favorite NFT show. You know, I've always shot confirmed. Like, period. So um, Meta World versus Metaverse. Yeah, I think like I, I had a problem with the term Web3 even like. Like these things are so undefined and they get like, I'm finding like some users are using web three interchangeable with like blockchain and cryptocurrency focused stuff. But like, it's not quite that. Um, like we need to sort of operationalize a lot of this stuff. And like, what is, yeah, what does meta world look like versus metaverse? The other thing is like we're building this VX collection primarily focused with like sandbox implementation in mind by a conversation with an interesting team last night that was like, you know, we can re-rig these for this platform that we're building. It's like, yeah, why shouldn't they be interoperable? At which point it's like, oh yeah, is this a meta world product or is this a is this a bound metaverse product? Um, 
Yeah, I think we're still exploring what these what these terms are going to mean. You know, much like like what does the internet mean? Right? There's technically a dozen or a hundred protocols that, that ride on top of TCP/IP. Not to mention, you know, there's other network protocols. But like, what is what is internet? Right? Is it a, is it a whole bunch of protocols? What is metaverse? Is it a whole bunch of protocols? I don't know yet. So we'll, we'll see. Yeah, a lot of a lot of unanswered questions. I remember trading uh, NFTs or CryptoKitties back in the day, uh, Jason, as well. And I thought to myself, this NFT that'll never catch on, non fungible token that will never. Get. It surprised me that we're still saying it today. To be honest, I know. Yeah, I know. Agreed. Yeah. All right, guys. Uh, again, this was the Nifty Q show. I had Jason and Gabe in here today from BitLecture Labs. They broke it down for us uh, really well. You guys are. Of course, building uh, some amazing things. So yeah, NFT live soon, Gabe. But uh, last thoughts before we get out of here and then we'll wave bye to the, the listeners. Check us out. Find us at NFT LA. If you're around, come say what's up on the floor at the parties. We're trying to network as much as possible in the next few days and, uh, and meet some cool people. So yeah, we'll up. be at Warps tonight if you're out there. I think yeah. we're going to go Subdocs later tonight. Let's go. Um, yeah, it's going to be a good time. So We miss you, too. We'll see you hopefully at NYC. All right. I, I miss you guys, dude. Let's not get too emotional. I want one last thing from, from you guys. Uh, if you could say our vibe, our tribe, we're trying to put this like highlight together. Our vibe, our tribe. Our vibe, our tribe, baby. Awesome. All right, guys, this was the Nifty Q show. We are back tomorrow with Parallel. So catch you there at 2 p.m. Eastern Standard. Uh, enjoy L.A., fellas. Thanks. Good day.